0: Children, we have History Makers waiting at the back. They're very excited to see you guys. So uh, y'all are dismissed. Um, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, Chris, you're too old to be in. (laughs) I I, I catch some of you guys nodding off while I'm preaching. You might enjoy History Makers a little better. It's more like active than what we do but uh they're heading that way. It's very active. Thank you guys so much for last week. We did an ordination and a baby dedication. Uh Jessica, thank you for dedicating your two youngest. That was uh I've had more than a couple of people tell me how that blessed them last week. And uh you know, it's okay that your children bless people more than we do. You know what I mean? That's okay. It's like uh it's really true, but we take that very serious when we dedicate children and we think it's a privilege and an honor. And last week, uh, I hope you're ready for uh, encounters with the Lord. I, I loved, you know, uh, there's a lot of song, worship songs that talk about shame, and we sang one today that is so true. In the bosom of God, in His heart, there's no room for shame. And you know, I, I love offering, uh, it's true, it's the best investment you'll ever make is giving, Right? Whether it's to individuals, to, to whatever you give to. And it's with the Lord, obviously, it's true. But uh, I love that fact that we can. And the, most, the, most, the best investment you'll ever make is giving and being, being uh, faithful with what God's given you. And I think God is 100% responds to our giving, whether it's financial or serving or loving people. And uh, I really think it's true. And last week we talked about, and I showed this, I like this picture. It's a new day. Like, you know, you don't have to leave here today. In the kingdom of God economy, you know, in the Old Testament before Jesus came, it was like they were giving to give God to, and actually all over the world, they make offerings and they give in order to get back. And it's like, it's, it's not the same anymore. Now it's, it's about your heart. And uh, it is a new day. You know, used to, we, and it is true, it's important, we give what's valuable to us, but do you know what Jesus wants from us? He wants all those who are labor and are heavy laden. He wants those with burdens, those with shame, those with pain to bring them to him. Now Jesus is standing with open arms today. You don't have to leave here with embarrassment. You don't have to leave here with shame. You don't have to leave here with regret because what our Lord did on His death, burial, and resurrection has defeated all, everything from the enemy. And He wants you to give it to Him. You know, in Revelation it says He collects our tears. He collects your tears. Well, I thought He wanted my money. He wants your tears. He wants it when you're sad, he wants to meet you. When you hurt, he wants to heal you. When you're hopeless, he wants to be the hope of the world. When you're in darkness, the deeper the darkness, the more the light of the Lord's going to shine. So this morning, don't leave here. Don't take stuff with you. Jesus wants you to make an offering today. And not just a financial offering. There's another offering he wants to have, and that's our hearts. And so uh What I want to talk today, it is a new day, so I just want to bring that out. Don't miss that. Uh, We need the Lord today for you to understand what I'm trying to say that I can't say, and for me to say in a way that's understandable to you will require a miracle. I'm just telling you up front, get ready to be confused or to have revelation and enlightenment. But it's going to be from the Lord, and so it is a new day it really is. Now, what I want to talk about today is is really it has to do with the Lord. Its direction determines our destination. And I got this from a business model that I was reading and studying about, and as I'm reading it, I'm, you know, all truth comes from him. Every good invention comes from him. Every good idea comes from him. I mean, I know God created air conditioning. For the people that live in the South, it's a big deal. I believe everything comes from the source of life, and He is everything. And today, what I want to talk about is this: it's a business model, but it's actually based on a spiritual truth. You see, uh, it's not intention. Direction determines where we're going, not good intentions. Um, you know, I think about it. There's a big contrast between direction and intentions or the path or the journey you're going on it uh, you know every little boy that's ever born they have the intention of growing up and being a superhero or to be a professional athlete or being a famous singer or being a rodeo person they that's their intention all of us have good intentions and I believe I mean would you say that that most people we do have good intentions I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to fail at anything. I've got good intentions. You know, you never meet anybody that's getting married that before they get married, their intention is to have a lousy marriage and be miserable for their whole lives. That's not their intention. And But do you know, have you ever realized this, that your, your intentions don't necessarily determine the outcome of your life? And uh, in sports... It's really obvious, okay? And like that, I was thinking about, and I want to show you a, a little deal. But in sports, it's, uh, I intend to make a, you know, it was funny, uh, in a, like in football, the coach, every play they run is designed to make a touchdown. Every play, designed to, if everybody does their job and everything happens perfectly, every play they run on offense, they'll score a touchdown. That's their intention. Well, you know it doesn't always turn out that way, does it? To score a touchdown requires a whole lot more than just intention, and in sports is just—it's uh, just the reality of it. So I, I have this—you um, know, when you go come up to a big clover leaf like that, I remember one of the first times I'd, I hit one of those. I was like, "Oh my goodness! I know I want to get." to another city but I um, don't know which road to take you see you can you can uh, you hit this clover leaf you know where you want to go but are you going to get there well you'll only get there if you take the right exit see it's not the intention that makes our lives different it's actually what we do it's very simple this is very simple if you're going to this and you wanted to head north, it's simple. You just have to get on the, the exit or the bypass that goes north. How do you know which one it is? What about when you drive up there and you can't see? So I want to talk today about that in our lives. Don't you, you know, we all have good intentions, we all want to end well. Whether you're a parent, in business, relationships, your own personal life. You know, we just got past the new year. You're all going to the gym four or five times a week now. You have the intention of becoming chiseled and in shape the way Harvey is. That's right. Come on, Harvey. He teaches on good eating and healthy living, right? But intentions won't get you there. I intend to eat well. And then I saw this amazing carrot cake with that white icing on it. (laughs) I had it for breakfast this morning. Yeah, Jerry is the the devil's advocate. She made it and brought it. I was like, I'm eating cake. (laughs) I don't know what you guys ate for breakfast. I had carrot cake. But I intend to be healthy. It's not your intentions. It's more than that. So I think this is funny. Y'all know who this guy is? Does anybody recognize him? This was picture was from 40, 50 years ago, probably. Uh, well, he actually became famous. And I remember I was in Arlington and Harvey and I were both there when he was uh still pitching after here. Let me read what happened to him. This guy's that's Nolan Ryan. You know, he's not dead, he's still alive. He's 77 years old now. And uh let me tell you about Nolan Ryan. He was extremely gifted just like all of us we all have gifts we all have abilities we all have the same amount of time on earth right we all have the same 24 hours in a day Nolan was extremely gifted he had a great talent for pitching but there was something different about him he had one of the fastest fastballs in the history of baseball exceeding 100 miles per hour now when his he also had a devastating curveball and a changeup. if you know what baseball means. Um, that, that's something. But he also had something else. He was remarkably durable. He pitched in the major leagues for 27 years. They can't even imagine that. Hey, if you ever look at those professional pitchers, what they do with their arms, it's a wonder it didn't fall off. 27 years he had a great durability he pitched from 1966 to 1993 in the major league baseball world and so but that isn't that isn't what made him different his work ethic and his dedication were unbelievable it was crazy he uh he was known for his work ethic he was known for his dedication to his craft He was constantly committed. For 27 years, he was committed to improving his skills every year. And he worked on it. And I remember reading about him in the newspapers when he was doing that. And most people, when he would pitch a baseball game, he would exercise before the game and after the game, not just on his days off. He had an unbelievable workout regime that kept his arm and his body in shape so that he could reach his goal. So it's not, it's not uh, he intended to be a great pitcher. He was dedicated to it. And then um, he had 5,714 strikeouts. Unbelievable. He pitched, I don't know how many, uh, what do they call those games where nobody gets a run? Or no hitters. Seven no hitters, which is crazy. And a couple of them he pitched when me and Harvey were living in Arlington At mid-40s, he was that old. And his mental toughness, and then he adapted. And you know, the truth is, you look at an athlete like Nolan Ryan, and it wasn't his intention he had to be a great baseball player, right? It was the direction he took in his life that led him to that place. And guys, I want you to know there's something that's true about us. You see, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see, I think that we we have to know. Do you know there's a way? There's a there's a way you can okay, so let me get you the verse. I'll just say the verse would be easier. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said in John eight twelve, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And I'm like, Jesus, that's a pretty bold statement. Following you means I'll never walk in darkness. Well, how's that working out for us, right? It's like, wait a second. We know lots of people following Jesus that are having terrible time, that sometimes are in darkness, sometimes are just having a terrible time. And it's like the truth is what determines our destination is who we're following. Who you follow. You see, and I think sometimes we're looking for directions. We're we're looking for uh, instruction. And it's not about who we follow. And and I'll, let me go on and tell you, keep going, we'll get there. So, who we intend to become, what we intend to do, what we intend to accomplish, uh, your intentions don't necessarily determine the outcome or your destination. They don't. Now, what is it that will determine our destination and our outcome? What's going to bring you peace and love and joy and gentleness and meekness? What's going to bring you freedom from addictions, freedom from bondages? What's going to give you the strength to stand even in the midst of the storms of life, which happen to everyone? What's going to give you peace? Like a river. What's going to give you joy when everything looks upside down? You see, what, what is it that does that? You know what determines that is what path you're following. Walking in the light isn't about a list of do's and don'ts. It's about a relationship with someone who's in, who is light. And what Jesus is saying there, he, he, we, for some reason the enemy gets us to do this and our minds just work this way. We instantly think in terms of do's and don'ts or shoulds and shouldn'ts, or right and wrong, when Jesus is saying, uh, guys, I said walk in the light because I'm the light, so come on, let's do this together. Together with Him guarantees the end of your life, and not just heaven end. It guarantees the outcome of your daily life and right now. So what path am I following? Like, what path are you following? Are you following a, a, a system uh, uh, a bunch of rules and regulations? Are you following uh, all There's all kinds of, you know, I watch TV or anything, and they'll tell you, this is the answer to your life. I mean, listen to any preacher. We'll all say it. I know the answer to your life. now, And then we'll usually give you ABCs, how to get there. And Jesus gave you the answer. He said, guys, follow me. Now, it's interesting when he says that, it says in John, uh, that word follow has the sense of, some Bible translations translated this way, embrace me. You see, we think follow, we keep thinking, okay, Jesus, you walked, you talked with a southern accent, so I'm going to talk with a southern accent, that's following you. That isn't what that word means, it means relationship. A deep relationship. It's like you're one with Him. You're together with Him. We do life with Him. And when you do life with Him, all those things that we look at and think about become as, come as a fruit in our lives, the, as a fruit of that relationship. So, you know, you look at this when He says that. What does Jesus emphasize in that verse? Being with Him. You know, he could have said anything there. He said, but he didn't. He said, here's the key to life, right here, guys. It's doing life with me. And it's whoever embraces him. Those things, those things that we usually identify as following Jesus, you know, that long list that we have in our minds or we got from the world or from the. Whatever ideas we have, when we look at that as what we're supposed to do, we miss the the reality of those things reveal the relationships you're in. That's, That's all that does. It just reveals relationship. If you have peace, guess what? I know you got it. If you're kind to someone, I know where you got that from. When you have good ideas and you have self-control and you, you're, you're faithful and you raise your family and you go to work and we can trust each other, that comes from Jesus. Your relationship with Him releases that. You're walking, you're following Him. So you're not just following Him and saying, I'm going to talk like Jesus talked. No, I'm going to be with Him. And when I'm with Him, He influences, He instigates, He's the impetus, He's the power Behind my life. And so all of a sudden. There's no one boasting. There's no one proud. And there's also no shame. All those things do is like. It's like the red dash. on Red light on your car right. It reveals there's something wrong. That you need to fix. You need to take care of in your car. I love. Uh, the right and wrong list. Those things that we all Think. Instantly, we just do. I'm following Jesus, so we had those little bracelets. What would Jesus do? Uh, I'm sorry, but those are, those are a little confusing because the truth is, who would Jesus be in relationship with? Oh, he told us he was in one with his dad. That's where his life came from. His life came from the Holy Spirit inside of him. Well, do what do we do? We look at that little list, and we look at that list, and we think that the list is what brings us to life. Either, you know, the to-do list or the don't-do list, that's what will bring us life. And Jesus said, no, relationship with me, being one with me brings you life. And you notice that when he says it. And so, those things, the fruit of the Spirit and the fruit of the flesh that Paul lists and all the other things the Scriptures tell us, those things just reveal who you're in relationship with. And he gets the credit. Now you're free to choose who you're in relationship with. So it's a beautiful thing. Um, I love this. Uh, Jesus says this. I like, I like this verse too. Who more this verse? There we go. John 10, 27. My own sheep hear my voice, and I know each one of them, and they will follow me. You know, it's funny. This, it originates with him. Your ability and my ability, my desire to follow Him comes from Him. And He knows us. You know, you want to find out who you are and what you look like and what your destiny is? You'll find that out in Him. Because He knows each one of us individually. We are unique. And then then He says, guys, and guess what? And they will follow me. You know, He could have said, they will not steal. They, They will not do the ten... You know, they won't break the Ten Commandments. They will do this. They will do that. He could have said a thousand things. You know what he said? They'll have a deep relationship with me. They're not behind me, imitating me. They're with me. And that's a different relationship. I don't know if you know that, but in the Jewish world, they wouldn't even say God's name. They would talk about his attributes and things, but they didn't believe they could be one with him. And then Jesus came into the world born as a human, and he broke that barrier, and he tore that veil that separated us from God. He said, guys, come in me. Walk with me. Eat my flesh. Drink my blood, right? My Father, who has given them to me as his gift, is the mightiest of all. And I love that verse. Are you struggling with thinking God's not happy with you? Okay, most of us wouldn't admit, are you struggling with thinking you might just bust hell wide open? Or maybe your spouse is telling you you are going to bust hell wide open. I don't know, but they're wrong because I believe what Jesus said. He said, guys, I, I give you the gift of eternal life. You don't earn it. You get it from him it's a gift he said I give you that gift and guess what you'll never be lost and no one has the power to snatch them out of my hands I don't I think when he says no one that includes everyone in this room and me too when he has called you and he's got you in his hand you can run from him the same. you know he gave a parable about that I have a, I had 99 sheep but one of them wandered off I had 100 sheep and one wandered off do you think that sheep was ever going to get away from him? You can read the passage, right? No. That sheep, it's impossible for you to get away from the Savior of the world. That's what he says. Uh, you know, that should make you feel good. <laughs> it's like, whew, I can relax. Jesus saved me. I, didn't, I don't have to save myself. No. It's all by grace through faith. So no one has the power. My Father has given them to me as his gift. He's the mightiest of all, you know? We just sang that song, right? Holy, holy, it's Him, it's Him. He's everything. You know, you've got to realize when He says you're His, you're His. There's no argument. Now, no one has the power. And then Jesus made this statement that got Him uh, crucified. The Father and I are one. They were together every moment of His life before, during, after, forever. And you know what's going to guarantee your life and your future and your destiny and the destinations we come on is how together we are with him. The more together we are, the more fruit we have in our life, right? And so that's what happens. I like John 5, 39. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, Jesus said. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. How many of you are trying to improve yourselves right now? Don't tell me. Don't raise your hand. Right? Of course we're trying to improve ourselves. Did you know that there's only one way to improve yourself? Everything else is self-effort. Some of you that are old enough know that that stuff doesn't work. You know? Commit. I'm going to eat healthy from now on. I am going to exercise. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Whatever the do list is. Unless God is in it and with you in it, you won't have the power to do it. Because he wants to do life with you. That's why he came. And he said, guys, here's where life comes from. Throw away your to-do list and come to me. Well, What's what's it look like? Um, Jesus, what are we going to do today? Well, we're going to eat healthy today. Amen. Let's eat healthy. So no carrot cake this morning. Okay, Lord. And then I give him the credit for my self-control. <laughs> I should say God controls It's not my self-control. I heard his voice. He called me. He drew me. And I say no because of him, not because I am such a great blah, blah, blah. I mean, I have a, I have a worm, so I don't ever gain weight. But, uh, you know, if, if you don't want to get a tapeworm, they're uncomfortable. Right? But that's not why. It's because of him. He's my life he's everything and so we refuse to come to him for life the destination okay the destination is an indicator the what's happening in your where you are right now where I am right now the sole purpose of that is to be an indicator so I can know about if I'm in a relationship with him or not If there's somewhere, it's revealing the place. Because none of us are perfectly in relationship ever. As far as reality here on earth, in the spirit realm, he's made us holy. But in reality on earth, walking this out, we're in a journey. You know, that's why he said, follow me. It's the process. It's, guess what? Today you can follow him in ways you've never done before. And tomorrow, when you wake up, you can follow Him in ways you've never done before. It's a journey in life. It's not not an ending place. It's a journey that we have with God. And so today, when you look at where you are right now, if you're not happy with where you are, if if there's something wrong in your life, all that is is an indication that there's another place where Jesus is wanting you to follow, to walk together with Him. It's an indicator it's not a, it's not a, a definition or a, a, a label it's not a it's not a curse on your life it's just an indicator when you go out and get in your car this afternoon or tomorrow and you look on you know we all have these electronic things now and there's a there's an orange light blinking on your dashboard that's That doesn't mean throw the car away. It's an indicator there's something that needs to be addressed. And it tells you whether you've done it. So I think we have to, so nobody's a victim, which is good news. Or does that give you stress and anxiety that you actually, who you're following is determining your life right now? That's what Jesus is saying. And does that give you stress and anxiety? Or does it give you relief? Oh, I don't have to figure this out. I don't have to fix this. I have to just walk with Him. You see, it, it really, here's another. Uh, at the end of the day, you need to ask yourself this question. How, who's steering my life? Who am I following? What's my objective? Is my objective to not say anything dumb when I'm preaching this morning? Or is my objective to follow him as I'm preaching this morning? Yeah. Tommy was waiting at me. He said, it's too late. You've already said dumb stuff this morning. So you, you need to have a new goal. No, no, I had my, my goal isn't that. My goal is to try and follow him. I'm going to follow him. And anything good coming out is from Him, and anything bad coming out is just a place I'm still growing in. But I'm in this journey. So, what at the end of the day, you ask yourself that question Was I doing my life with Jesus today? Was I following Him? Well, I tell you, if those red lights are on, there's somewhere you're not following Him. You know the red lights in our life? Worry, ulcers, anxiety. <laughs> name it right those are indicators fretting lack of sleep all those things anger and fear anxiety those are indicators and you're not a victim to your past or anything in this world because following jesus if we walk in the light with him his life is going to begin to more and more to flow out of us. And that's really a beautiful thing. It shouldn't cause anxiety. It should give us hope. Like, oh, God, I had I more bad fruit. My dash light on my car just came on. This is great. Well, it is great. So you can be free from it when you know what it is. You know, I think one of the things... Am I willing? So good intentions don't ever bring us anywhere. They're okay, but it's who you're following. It's it's the direction you're taking. Are you following Jesus? That's the exit you want to get off on every day. It's so simple. You can't miss it. And you know if you're if you know if you're on the wrong exit by the indications that's going on in your life. It's like it's so simple. Now, you know what we have to do? Good intentions can actually hide the fact that the path we are following will not lead us to where we want to go. You know, they can actually get in your way, right? They get in the way. I want we we have to become a people who are brutally honest. With ourselves and start looking at things in reality god this isn't my i don't like what's going on i don't like myself i don't like the way i think i don't like my attitudes i don't like what's happening okay lord reveal to me where i got off the path you know it's like this uh, it's like i look at it with whether it's your personal life your spiritual life your family life, your business life, it's really hard to be honest with yourself. But in every area of your life, you can ask that question and you can be honest with yourself. And it's like, uh, it's, really, it's really true. The question we need to ask ourselves is, am I on the right path? You know what sin, the wor- word hamartia, hamartia in Greek, that word sin is actually talks about being on the wrong path. It's like, here's the only path there is in Christianity, following Jesus, relationship with Him. That's the only path there is. Now, we get confused and think there's a lot of other paths, but the truth is, that's the path. And if you want to see fruit in your life, you have to walk that path. You know, it's like this. um, if If you think about the direction of your life, as a problem that you need to fix, you're going to miss it. And this is where it gets sort of confusing. Okay? It's like this. Um, You ladies can imagine this. So you're in the car, you're going on a trip with your husband, and he, like always, gets lost. Right? Now, men, we have a problem. We are not stopping to ask for directions. We're not. We're going to keep trying and we're going to actually we may speed up going the wrong way. Or we just become more forceful. If you've ever I don't know, I did it one time I remember bad. I I was in where Oklahoma and Missouri and Arkansas meet. I was trying to take a shortcut through that spot and I was I went in Missouri 3 times. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be. I'm going to Kansas. <laughs> I don't want to be in Missouri. But I was we didn't have GPSs back then. I was not, and I did not stop and ask for directions because I was going to figure it out. You see, that's what happens with us. We try to fix whenever we're not going the right direction, we're trying to fix it. You know what you can do if you're going the wrong direction? The only thing you can do is repent and turn around and go the other direction. So if everything is coming down to that one thing, is coming to Jesus for life, following Him as life, when you find out your life isn't going that way, you need to stop and slow down and say, Hey, God, I must not be following You. Now, my intentions are good. And you don't need to fix it. It's not a problem to fix. It's a direction to go. And I believe that's why Jesus said, Guys, follow me and I can't believe how we turn his follow me into a bunch of rules and regulations you know in the Jewish world it was crazy by the time Jesus was born you see rules fix stuff that's what rules do they fix stuff they fix relationships they fix this I can tell you how to fix your bank account I can tell you how to fix everything rules fix things You know, from the Ten Commandments, y'all know the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament God gave to Moses? From the Ten Commandments, by the time Jesus was born, they had 613 laws. Like, they had perfect instructions for everything in life, and they missed the one who is the Messiah and brings life. You see, rules don't fix anything. It's not about fixing. It's about relationship with God, and your whole life depends on that relationship. So I don't want to fix anything. You know, in the Old Testament, it says that in Judges chapter uh, six, two, verse ten. It he and you know over and over again in the Old Testament, you read about the children of Israel, and it says down in uh, verse eleven, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and they served Baals. Now, we'll get focused on the stuff they were doing. But what the Bible says is they forsook the Lord, their relationship with Him. That could have been translated abandoned. See, we understand abandoned. Some of us have gone through abandonment. We've been abandoned by people. It hurts. We break that relationship. That relationship's broken with us. They forsook the Lord. They abandoned their relationship with Him. And what did they do? They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. And so they came up with 613 rules so they didn't have to live in a relationship. They lived through the rules and thought that was how they related to God. And when the morning star was born in Bethlehem that day, they missed it. Because they were all wrapped up in obeying the rules. And Jesus came and said, I'm the life. I'm the light. Walk with me. Well, Jesus, that's too easy. I just have to walk with you. Okay, this is we'll do this. Elementary school. With Jesus. There, I just gave you the key word, the key cheat code to life. With Jesus. With Him. In relationship with Him. Yeah, but I disobey the commandments and I break the law and I don't do everything right. And I don't... That's what takes you away from God. That isn't what brings you in relationship with Him. It's the fruit of being in relationship with Him. But relationship is where everything comes from with Jesus, so it's really fun. And so, guys, if you're thirsty, come to Him. Come to Him. If you're sad, come to Him. If you're hurting, come to Him. When we need miracles, come to Him. Believe in Me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, from your innermost being. You know what? God God is doing something inside of His people that's going to separate us from the effects of the world. We're not going to be victims anymore. We are going to be free. And we're responsible for what's happening inside of us. And there's nothing separating us from the love of God. Not on earth not in heaven. Nothing separates from him. So I love this, and I'm like, okay, I got 87 more scriptures I want to go over. I love this. Um, There's only one path, right? Y'all do know that, right? There's just one path, and y'all know this verse. Enter through the narrow gate. The narrow gate is what? Relationship with him. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter, many enter through it. But small is the gate, narrow the world that leads to life, and only a few find it. You see, the gate is relationship. The gate isn't the list of do's and don'ts. It's not the right and wrongs. It's not the law that they developed up to 613 laws by the time Jesus was born. That's not what the gate is. The gate has always been and can only be Jesus Christ. So we enter in there. Well, what's my goal today? To f- be with Jesus. To believe. To have faith in Him. And when you do that, the life of God is released in your life. It's, it's a road, though. That's why He talks about this. It's, it's a broad road, it's a narrow road, but it's a road. It's not a one time destination. It's a road. It's a road. It's every day, it's all the time, it's moment by moment. And you know what? you don't you aren't supposed to get there in one day it's not his plan you're being transformed by him every day you walk the road with him it's like a suntan you know like i have an amazing suntan y'all can tell it's like it's gradual right it doesn't happen in one day over and over and over exposed to the sun guys are you being exposed to him are you living by some other way are you following him or are you following the way of your fathers or your ancestors or different or the pressure in our world or or even culture in our in America? What are you doing? What, which way are you going? What's leading you? What are you following? And if you're following Jesus, it's all about relationship. So that we can he said that in John 14. I want I want I'm one with the Father, and the Father's one with me, and I'm one with you, and you're one with me. And He and the Father and Holy Spirit make their home inside of you. Jesus initiates this. You can't get it. You can't get this through intellectual exercise. You can't get it through willpower. This comes from the Lord. Jesus initiates it. He's the one that opens our eyes and we begin to see. You know, um, this all started with reading a verse I read, Luke 5.27. Is where this whole thing started. Jesus went out and he saw a tax collector. I suggest you watch The Chosen. They've got a great thing about Levi, right? Um, The tax collector. Levi was sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said. Be in close relationship with me. That's what Jesus is saying to you today. Well, I didn't come here for that. Uh, Levi wasn't there for that either. But that's what the truth is. Jesus is saying, follow me. Walk in close relationship with me, Levi. And now we have a choice. Because we've all been living by good intentions. We've been living by what we think we should do. We've been living by whatever standards we have in our lives. But the truth is, Jesus said, let all that go. Let the law you live by go. Let your own standards go. Let go of all the pressure you have put on yourself, all the judgment you've judged yourself by, whatever, all the facts, all the whatever. He's saying, let that go. And guess what Levi did? He got up. He got up from the bondage of working for the Roman government and being a Jew and everybody hating him. He got up from being rejected. And, you know, in the Chosen movie, they make him autistic, which is sort of hilarious. But... uh it didn't matter that he was different anymore. It didn't matter that everybody hated him. It didn't matter that he had cheated people, and he had taken money, and he had, he had hurt people. Jesus said, get up. You have one, one thing in life now you're going to judge yourself by. Are you trying to follow me? If you are, your past is all gone, and we're going down a road together. And listen, when you're walking down a road with Jesus, you can't fail. You'll never meet an obstacle he can't overcome. You'll never meet a pain he can't heal. When you're walking with him, it's game off. Guys, Jesus is calling us to leave everything and follow him. That's what repentance is. You know, I I love the word repentance when I found out what it really means. Now, the question is, it takes humility, courage, courage. Faith to let go of all that stuff that looks so logical to us. You know? So this morning, Jesus is asking you to follow him. Come on up, Peter. Uh, this is Petra, the rock. Yeah. I like, I like Petra. Who I follow is the key to everything. The direction you go is what determines the outcome of your life. Your personal life, your relationships, business, everything depends upon who you're following. So this morning, I just, uh, if you would, let's all stand together if you can. Y'all did so good. That was, y'all really did well. I was hard. It was like, it's hard to get because we are so, Americans are typically fix-it kind of people, right? And you can't fix this. All you can do is let go of your past, let go of everything, and follow him. And that's scary. But it's the only way to life. So this morning, if it, whatever needs you have, it doesn't matter. Maybe your whole life, you're like God. I it's listen. I don't like where I am. It'd be a great day to let that go. That's what repentance means. I'm changing my mind. That word literally. I, I really love the the definition of that word. I have to read it because I can't always remember it. Repentance, actually metanoia, the Greek word, means to discover God's thoughts and believe them. You need to know God's thoughts about you. You need to know God's thoughts about your relationships, about your family. You need to know God's thoughts about your circumstances and your situations. And when you do, and you choose to agree with Him, it's together with That's what that word means. Together with thinking. I'm going to think together with Him. When that happens, it releases the power of God in this world. And we see miracles. We see healing, physical healing, emotional healing, relationships healed. We see miracles. So this morning, if you need a miracle, uh, we want to pray with you. So we have a prayer team, Harvey, who's going to pray. We come, and we're going to... uh, We believe it's a huge thing. When the Lord speaks to you, you get to respond. That means you get to make a choice what to do. Jesus wants to set you free this morning. If you came with real needs, He's here to meet you. That's an offering you're bringing to the Lord, it's for Him. He asked us to bring Him our tears, our sorrows, our broken hearts. He asked us to bring those offerings to Him. So this morning, I want to pray, and we're going to be dismissed. And uh, if you're here and you'd like to have an encounter with the Lord, these guys are up here. They want to pray with you. So Jesus, I just thank you that, God, those destinations in our lives, where we are right now, are not a are not a, a sentence that we're being damned with, that God, they're an opportunity to come back into life. God, I just thank you that we're not cursed. It's not conviction; we're not convicted of crimes, God. That you're just showing us that you want us to see things different way. So, God asked for revelation this morning that uh, every one of us would begin to see the way you see from a higher place. And God, I thank you that you care about our sorrows, you care about our hurt, you care even about our tears. So Jesus, I just ask you to come. So just let the Holy Spirit come to you right now. Just invite him in your heart, just invite him to come. Be brave and just invite him. Jesus, would you come right now? Just let him come. You're good, King. Amen. So thank you for coming this morning and for uh, participating and bringing life with you. Uh, Say hello to people on your way out and uh, welcome each other and love on people. God bless you guys.